Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Blooming Daily. It's me, Ruth Olujabi, and I am so happy to have you join us again on the podcast. I'm very excited. I hope my voice is showing that I am very excited because I have an amazing guest with me on the podcast and I have just been like very excited all day to record this and to meet her. So joining me today in the studio virtually is Gabby, CEO and founder of Spark This Day. <laughs> Thank you, Ruth. I appreciate you so much. I love the claps too. I feel like that's my personality. I'll clap after every picture, every sentence like that. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome, welcome, Gabby. I'm so happy to have you join me today. And I said I was going to do a shout out because Gabby is a boarding alum and I'm just feeling very excited to have another older boarding energy with me today on the podcast. So thank you so much, Gabby, for joining us. And so how are you doing today, Gabby? I'm good. I'm also happy to be supporting another Bowdoin student. Um, I had an awesome time at Bowdoin, and it's great to be able to think back about it and see the entrepreneurial minds that get to be formed at this awesome institution. So thank you. Yes. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much. And I mentioned that you are the founder of Spark This Day, and I really want our listeners to know, you know, what's what Spark This Day about, and it's a health and wellness firm, but you know, what goes on with Spark This Day, why was it created? So could you tell us a little bit about your organization? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Spark This Day, the actual product um, is an employee wellness platform. And we're the only one that matches employee workload and stress levels to wellness programming. Um, We created it because, well, people are stressed out and they're burnt out. And in COVID times, myself and other people, really the the general culture started to realize how important it was to not feel burnt out, how possible it was to have this sense of balance. Um, And you can see a lot of that happening in the culture um, with Beyonce's Break My Soul, with the um, conversation around quiet quitting, um, with Gen Zers really not putting up with that in the workplace. Um, And it's a really Mm -hmm. awesome time to be in this business to business space, helping employers but really employees navigate how to find that work-life balance. So um, Mm -hmm. you asked why it was created and it was created for many of those reasons, but also predominantly um, similar to you, Ruth, I created it because I didn't want to burn out anymore. And I knew that if I could create something that really helped me stay well, um, one that was important to me, but then that also was something that I really needed to share with other people to help um, guide them to this other way of really living. Um, so mm-hmm. it's really, really core to our mission that we, we help people do that. Um, and it is just such powerful work to do every day. Like I feel so, so thankful to wake up and need to take care of myself because that is the number one thing that I can do in order to continue to run this company and to help other people make that happen. So yeah, a little bit about Spark this day. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. So guys online check up spark this day it's amazing and in fact i'm so glad you mentioned this part of you know burning out and um many people noticing that especially during the pandemic because you know burnout connects so much with our topic of today which is 
finding balance in such a busy world. That's our topic for today. Because, you know, when I was putting this topic together, I was like, so many of us are so busy. Everyone is busy. Everyone is on to the next thing. Everyone is is always on the go, right? And sometimes we are neglecting our health, our wellness. You know, we're pushing that to the side because, you know, you have to always be on the grind you have Mm. to get those good grades you have to make that money everyone is just so busy right but then balance is important because when you're burned out when you're tired when you're weak you can't give your best you know and so when you you can't give your best everything just keeps crumbling down and so i was like yes we really need to talk about finding balance and you know how we can like leave it out and make it a lifestyle and not just something we talk about. And so before I before we talk about tips and all of that, I wanted to ask you about your time at Bowdoin. How did you see you know your your um balancing skills at Bowdoin when you were a student? How do you think you did then like looking back? Great question. I don't know that I did a great job. Um at least in the way that I know now. When I came to Bowdoin, I came as a former athlete, which at least back in the day, we used to call me a NARP. I don't know if that's still a term. Do you guys use that term? Good. Uh, I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, That's a good thing. We don't use that. I was referred to as a not a non-athletic. Oh my goodness. A non-athletic regular person. Um, A NARP. Yes. Which is, I mean, not, it wasn't necessarily derogatory at the time. It was just kind of a way to refer to people. So many people at Bowdoin, at least when I was there, um, were athletes. And oftentimes they were like the captains of their team um, in high school. Mm-hmm. And so was I. But when I went at, into Bowdoin, I did not um, pursue athletics. And that before I had gone to college, um, basketball had been the main way that I relieved my stress and, and really found mm-hmm. purpose in myself and and that um, outlet. So I really had an identity change coming into Bowdoin and had to figure out what did balance look like. And to be honest, I wasn't taught a lot of balancing skills from other mm-hmm. people or um, the college itself. But what I did prioritize was my sleep. Always yeah always prioritize my sleep. And that's something that I've wow. done from the beginning. I don't know why or who or how, who, what helped me get to that point of prioritization, but it's something that was really important. And I would say, Ruth, um, you know, because I didn't have these well-formed habits as a high schooler or a college student, mm-hmm. when I went into my mm-hmm. career after that, the only thing that I prioritized was sleep, which and my most burned out stages meant that I was sleeping 10 hours a night. And that's also not wow. healthy. It's not. Yeah. It's not good. So there's, that's, that's the, the interesting, like, um, part about balance is that sometimes you think you're doing it and you actually lean too deep into yes. one component of mm-hmm. wellness and it's not balanced. It's doing it on 100. You know what I mean? You can do that with any part of, of, of wellness. Um, and -hmm. I can talk more about that if you want to, but I, I think, I think that's one of the most important components of balance is realizing that you can't just lean on one part of yourself to achieve it. Yes. Wow. I think that's, that's so important because you know, 
when we talk about balance, we're usually talking about when you are doing too little, you know, getting too little of sleep and let's say um, doing only your schoolwork. But I think it's very yeah. interesting how you mentioned that, oh, you were getting burned out and sleeping for 10 hours. Because personally, this is something I've n- never really thought of before, like doing over, right? Because you're so burned out. And yes, I could, I would definitely love you to talk more about that. And like, um, other things you think we could overdo and um, in a way to, we're responding to stress and all of that that might be also not creating a balance because we can get too little and we can also get too much and they're both not balancing. Too little, too much, none is at the middle. So yes, I would definitely love you to talk more about that. Yeah, so I, I think this is one of the most important things that, uh, of the work that we do at Spark this day. It helps kind of f- help you figure out how to put those pieces together, how to figure out what the puzzle pe- what the puzzle pieces should be for you because it's different for everyone. So mm-hmm. let me just put that as a, as a blanket statement. No one is the same and wellness will look different for you versus Absolutely. your sibling, your parents, your friends. And it should be that way because you are a different person and there are different things that are occurring in your life that you need to respond to. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are eight dimensions of wellness. Sometimes folks refer to six, but I like to think of um, these eight instead because they're a little bit more complete. So it's physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, environmental, financial, occupational, and social. And I don't wow. expect anyone to remember all of those, but <laughs> it's it's a lot. There are lots of different things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think oftentimes we think in our culture just of the physical and the emotional now. I think now emotionals is a, is a larger topic. It wasn't always, but predominantly we've really thought of this, this physical wellness as the most mm-hmm. important component. Um, I think financial too is, is part of the conversation, but it doesn't, it oftentimes we don't think of financial wellness as the same thing as like, I should go to the gym. Having yes. like a healthy 401k and going to the gym is like, mm-hmm. doesn't always make us think of the same thing. So um, there's a lot that, that we're working against in our culture, just as individuals to mm-hmm. figure out how to incorporate all these components. So it's, I'm not saying this is an easy thing. Um, yes. We've helped make it easy at Spark, but it <laughs> oftentimes is a, is a hard thing. And, um, you know, I, I shared one instance um, with you all about my, overindulgence in sleep. I'll, I'll share another one too that might be maybe more relatable to some folks as well um, because I think I'm unique. I don't think there are too many people that get too much sleep. Um, so <laughs> I'll, I'll share that. That's my uniqueness. But um, back when I um, became a full-time fitness instructor, um, I had just left education um, because I was burned out and I didn't did not have these dimensions of wellness um, still. Um, I was just so excited, like beyond excited to be doing something different, to be doing something that was good for me. And essentially all I was going to do every day was get up and do something great for me. I was going to work out and I was going to help people be their best selves and sweat and then just enjoy that. Right. (laughs) Those, um, I had been a spin instructor, um, at cycle bar in DC, um, as I was teaching kids and transitioned to doing part of that full time. And then additionally started teaching hit classes at a really awesome, um, small studio in DC called sweat DC. And 
the first, it must've been the first month or so of doing this. I was just obsessed with it. I took as many classes as I could a week. I taught many classes. I was at least doing something physical and intense physically. Wow. One to like maybe, but maybe not three times a day, like one to two times a day, every single day. Loved it. I loved it. My body previous to that was so used to doing the same things and having the same movements and and using the same muscles that when I went and did something totally different, Mm -hmm. those same muscles were like, what are you doing? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, this is not what we expected you to do. Like you need to stop. And my body told me to stop. My knee flared up. I like couldn't walk. I was having like knee, hip, and pelvic floor issues, and I had to do physical therapy for like four months uh, or so at least. But that changed me. Like being in that scenario, even though I thought I was about to go and experience this uh, extreme best version of wellness I thought was possible, it actually showed me that you can't lean on one thing. And if you do, that one thing is probably going to break at some point. Yes. You have to incorporate other components. You have to learn about yourself in different spaces. And when you bring and pull all those things together, like that's the magic sauce of figuring out how to be you, your best self, like truly live. Um, Because I think that's what we're all looking for in the end. Wow. You can lean on one thing. That is so profound because, yeah, you just, when you were saying that, I was visualizing, you know, you just like sitting at the edge of a table or something instead of sitting down and balancing. You're going to tip and fall because you're putting all the weight in just like one edge of that table. But then when you sit like in the middle, then you balance because all the like legs of the table are holding you up firmly. So, yes, that's. That's so true. And I think that's really amazing. And, you know, this leads to my next question. I was wondering, how do you think our society or the systems around us shape the way we prioritize or the way we balance things? Especially because you're someone who was, you know, in college and then is now working to help other people. So you've kind of like seen both sides in quote, you know, you've been a student who... Um, was finding it hard to balance things, but now you're someone who is helping people balance things. What are some things you can say you've seen are like things society does that influences how we balance, you know, um, maybe as students, as, as people working, because there are a ton of people who listen to the podcast who are working class people. So how do you think that the society affects us? Because I think when people know that, they can like be more conscious of what's going on around them. Absolutely. Um, and I think that is such a, such an important thing to, to share. Um, I did have the privilege of getting my master's degree two years ago now. I don't know. COVID years have been different, but within COVID. <laughs> um, and there I was able to study the um, little known theory of adult development, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a wild thing that we don't study more often as mm-hmm. uh, all of us, be, you know, if we're lucky to, we all become adults. Um, but there's this this concept in um, Keegan's theory of adult development that essentially 
there are some people in the population that will have the opportunity to kind of step into this next level where they don't just have culture and an influence and environment pressed on them, but then they can actually see those things, Mm -hmm. understand what's happening around them and not necessarily manipulate it, but know how to interact with it in an effective way for them. Um, And I think I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's so important to help like un unveil what some of those things in society are Mm -hmm. so that more and more people can actually see it for what it is and call it out and understand that like, no, I don't have to be influenced by this thing because this thing is only a thing. It doesn't have to be me and it doesn't have to be the way that we interact. Yeah. So thank you for that. Um, And thank you for letting me get um, psychology nerdy. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun to do. Um, You know, I think really simply there's, there, there are a few, there, there are many things that are interacting here, one of which is hustle culture. There is this idea that if you stay up really long, you pull all-nighters like in college, or if you, if you know, uh, working, you work late and you dedicate all of your time and energy, it's really the idea of the um, American dream even, that you will get rewarded for that, right? Yes. And that is, first of all, sometimes true in that we validate hustle culture and we validate the fact that because you put in a ton of hours and worked really hard on this that it inevitably is better um it is not you are not more productive or more effective when you put in more hours it's about being more intentional and then on the flip side when we're talking about the american dream you know some people are able to get to that space of the american dream by working hard but it also has so much to do with circumstances and and network and the people that are around you and and who's helping you or, or not helping you um and so i i think it's really important to kind of bust those bubbles and to realize um no matter your circumstances it is so critical to put yourself first mm-hmm. and to prioritize how you show up because at the end of the day working working hard can get you to that next space but mm-hmm. working hard just for the sake of working hard isn't going to get you there it That's has cool. to be yeah it's got to be done with that in, intelligent lens um not with rosy colored glasses so mm-hmm. um I, I think those are two important things to think about. I think another one more specifically in like wellness culture is, is diet culture. Yes. Um, and for women and men, um, <laughs> the wellness industry almost completely has been targeted to women and oftentimes mm-hmm. white women. We don't need to get into like all the systems of oppression necessarily that exist in wellness and fitness. There are many, it is not good. We need to democratize that. Um, but diet culture itself is essentially, as our COO was just telling me today, it just tells you what to do. And it's telling you what to do because of capitalism. Yes. Because there's a thing that might help you, but mm-hmm. it honestly just wants to make money in the end. And so it's that's very true. That's it. Like everything comes back to capitalism. And yes, like I run a business, it is for profit. I work and we 
are both existing in a capitalistic society. So it's hard to get around it. But I think as consumers and as individuals, we have to be, we have to be so intentional about what's in our environment and, and understanding that we have choices within that environment, choices of how we want to consume things, what we want to see, but then also how we want to react to what is there. Um, you don't have to just take things at face value, like question it. You don't have to take things at face value. You know, that's, that's such a good point because I think that um, critical thinking is very important in cases like this. Like, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because it's being shoved down my throat? You know, why am I, wait, why am I on a diet? You know, is it because I saw so this person on the diet or is it because Instagram popped up an ad that, you know, why am I doing this? You know, and sometimes these things are so subtle that we don't know when we start doing them. We don't know that we are like admiring this person and wanting to conform to their own standards or trying to be like them, you know? So I think that's so important that you say, like, don't take things at face value. Because with so much going on around us, especially with the internet and social media, we are large consumers of information everywhere. Everything we look at, everything is just information, information. So I'm so, so glad you mentioned that. And I think it's, like, very important for all of us to be in tune with that. And so one other question I had was, what are some of the lessons you've learned from running a wellness company, you know, about how people can better prioritize their health or find balance? Because for many people, it's really hard. Like, you know, they, they really want to, but they don't know how to. It's just like, where do I even start from, you know, with um, the way people preach, like, for example, dieting, you know, working out, work out this way, you diet this way, make sure that you're this way. You know, if you look this way, it's not acceptable. Like, what are some of the lessons you've seen um, through working um, that, like, help you understand how people can better take care of themselves? Yeah. Um, wellness is really overwhelming, period. Mm-hmm. Like, it's overwhelming. Um, and there are so many different options or so many different places you could you could go um and you don't know what everyone's intentions are always <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that first so i think what's the most important thing for people to do is to similar to what we said before like turn back into yourself mm-hmm. you, you have to know your why of what you do which takes intentional reflection and a sense of like intention, I should say. So Mm -hmm. something that I found as soon as I started diving into, I guess, more of the the business development side of my wellness journey. So as I started to develop Spark This Day back in early 2020, I found that it wasn't as if a hit class was unique. It wasn't as if mindfulness practices were unique, although it was a bit more unique back then. Um, You could go to places to find that. What was different, what would, what pushed people mm-hmm. out of who they currently are and to understand more of like the layers of, of the self was embedding time to reflect and to be intentional about 
your movements, not necessarily like your workout movements, but like your personal movements, like what, what you thought of how you wanted to spend your day. Um, Mm -hmm. and we ended up, I ended up, um, embedding that into, into our work very early on because I knew it was important for, for me and, and realized that it was illuminating other people kind of like I was talking about in this adult development sense, this theory of helping people understand the world and be able to manipulate it. Um, and so we ended up doing this through a class called set the week where, um, it was, I guess it was also finished a week back then. So we had a, a Monday morning class and a Friday morning class. And in that class, it was a tight 30 minutes, but it was just like the most beautiful bow of an experience where you started by journaling with a, a question that we would set. You would uh, set an intention for your um, the class that day. So maybe it was like, I will try to embrace my power. So it wasn't like, I'm not losing calories. I'm not like going down further on my chaturanga. I'm not gonna, it's about a mental thing, something I want to embrace, right? Um, We would stretch, Mm -hmm. we would practice mindfulness, and then we would journal again and set an intention for the week. And that practice on its own and and the repetition of that, I, I saw just change the way people were able to navigate their world and they may not have been able to fully put their finger on exactly what helped them get there. Um, but it was like through these small but meaningful mm-hmm. moments of reflection and intention setting that I, I believe got them to the next level. And I can see that in, in the way that they interact with their worlds now. So I think mm-hmm. that answered your question, but um, to me, those are the two most important mm-hmm. things to embed in literally anyone's life to understand what what would you do? How would you go about figuring out what wellness looks like for me or my life even? No, those two are really, really important. And, you know, at the beginning of the um, episode, you mentioned that wellness looks different for everyone. And I really agree because in previous episodes, we always say that like, you know, what works for one person might not work for the other. In like cases of sleep, some people are absolutely fine with getting six hours of sleep. Some people have to get it. It has it's eight or nothing, you know. And so wellness does look different for different people. But you know, I know that there are general tips people could use to find the imbalance. And while we've identified that yes, wellness looks different for everyone, I would really love us to identify a few practical tips that people could use, you know after listening to this episode, like they're now like, you're saying, you know what? I really can tell that I need to strike a balance. You know, I really need to prioritize my health. I really need to do this, but I don't know where to start. So I'm sure different tips might apply to different people in varying degrees, but there are a few tips, like four tips on how people can find balance, how people can prioritize their health, how people can make sure that at every point in time, they're not, you know, feeling burned out or even when they are, they can identify and bounce back. Yeah. Well, I will start with saying that exercise is the most effective stress reliever because Mm -hmm. of what it brings your body through. And that's why we started Mm -hmm. um, our business specifically in in fitness. Um, Mm -hmm. There is this book called The Secret to Unlocking um, the Stress Cycle by Emily Mm -hmm. 
Nagotsky and I'm forgetting her sister's name, but Emily and some her other sister Nagotsky. Um, they are amazing. It's a wonderful book that's um, specifically written for women, but I think anyone can benefit a lot from it. Um, and they share, and this is what we've applied to our work. They've shared how the how physical activity, whether it's it has to be something that that kind of breaks a sweat in you. So like walking outside is not quite there. Um, mm-hmm. Some sort of physical activity. Um, it allows you to um, go through the stress cycle in that it raises your heart, your heart rate, your cortisol, mm-hmm. and something else I'm forgetting now, but it raises that similar to what happens in your body when you experience stress. So if you are stressed out, it kind of raises that um, to that level a little bit with you in in a helpful way. And then once you are done exercising, which in some classes um, that I've attended group fitness classes, you just like walk away and you're done. Um, Mm -hmm. That will not help relieve your stress because you're still kind of Mm -hmm. riding on that high Um, in classes Mm -hmm. that stretch or in classes like Spark This Day where you stretch and you do a mindfulness practice at the end. Something like that helps you come down and bring the cortisol, the heart rate and whatever else I'm forgetting um, down to that level so that you can literally release whatever tension has been in your body. So it's scientifically proven to do that, which is amazing. Um, So I think like if you are stressed out, do something physical, try it for 20 minutes. 20 minutes does count. It does not need to be 45 minutes, an hour. Like it is what, whatever works for you, but 20 minutes is, is proven to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then my other tip, because that was only one tip. um, My other tip is to literally get a piece of paper out and write down those eight, eight dimensions. If you forgot them, like Google it, eight dimensions of wellness. There's lots of um, visuals there for you to work on. Um, Write down three different things that you can do in each of those dimensions. Mm -hmm. And, and, and just like put it on your, Put it somewhere that you can see. Put it on the mirror of your bathroom. Put it in your notebook, your planner. Put it somewhere. And when you are feeling overwhelmed, know that you can always go there and you can pull from that resource list. It's always going to be there for you and it could change um, mm-hmm. and that's okay. So I think mm-hmm. other other than embedding reflection and, and setting intentions, I think like those are my main, my main tri- tips because – that's what's worked for our clients and that's what we continue to help people do no that's actually really good i think that those tips are important i'm so glad you mentioned the one about you know exercise because i do know that it does make me feel better like when i work out when i exercise i feel better and i'm also glad that you mentioned that it doesn't have to be like an hour it doesn't have to be 45 minutes 20 minutes is like okay i think sometimes People fear that, oh, I, I can't just dedicate one hour. I have a lot of things to do, so I won't go at all. I know someone who all has time. told me that, actually. That I was like, you oh, like, when next are you going to gym? And then they were like, oh, I can't go because, you know, I have a lot of work. And I was like, oh, what, 20 minutes? And they were like, oh, I can, but I can't do strength training in 20 minutes. I was like, but you don't have to do strength training, you know. It doesn't have to be an intensive thing. So I totally understand how, like, there are a ton of worries around exercising. Oh, I have to walk to the gym. You don't even have to go to the gym. If 
going to the gym is going to be a burden. You don't have to do that. Yeah. And I think what's really important is that exercise does not have to be about losing weight or gaining muscle. Mm-hmm. It is, it, it benefits you mentally in this incredible, crazy way that if we allow ourselves to let those other things be kind of, um, a side effect, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, if you let yourself like really love exercise because you see what it does to your brain and the way that you show up to the world, the other things will come. Um, and then that helps you actually see like today. And I do this every single day. I wake up and I say, all right, what do I need this morning? Mm -hmm. Do I need to work out? Like is my brain and my body, are they asking for this or or not. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I, if I do want to work out, like, is it something that's going to energize me today or is it something that needs to help ground me? Mm -hmm. So I think about exercise much more as that mental support far more than the physical support. And I think we are moving that way in our culture, but, um, you know, it's not, it's really not completely there. And the more that you can do that for yourself, Mm -hmm. um, because it is so important for you and, and to show up because you are worthy and you are worth it, mm-hmm. um, the better. Yes. Oh my God. What you said now is very similar to what Kate Nicholson said a few episodes ago when she said, you like, you deserve rest. You deserve. So like when you said you're worthy, it just like really connected. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. And we have to tell ourselves that because our bodies forget that mm-hmm. they do, unfortunately. So we gotta we gotta say it. It's that self talk. It's important. Yes. Tell yourself things that you would tell other people. Yes, no, that's really important. And so we have come to the end of this episode. This was again about understanding, you know, balance and how bonus is very personal and it's not like it's not something that is a one size fits all. It's very individualized and i am so glad you mentioned that a lot of times because it's so important and we could honestly not say it enough so thank you thank you thank you so much gabby for doing this this was simply amazing i had a great time and i learned a lot personally about my own wellness and about how um we all can strive to be better in terms of wellness and about how i can help other people because i think this is even very useful information to be able to like monitor oh how a friend is doing you know how a partner is doing how a colleague is doing so thank you so much gabby for coming on this with me i am so 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 grateful yes it was so great to be able to speak with you ruth i appreciate you and you had very thoughtful questions so it's always great to dive deep always great so thank you so much thank you so thank you so much everyone for tuning in please send in your questions for gabby And don't forget to share this with any other person you think would really enjoy it. And leave us comments on all our social media pages. Thank you so much, everyone. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you.